Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Good, because we got a great series that we're in right now uh, called At the Movies. So every week we are simply taking uh, a movie and then taking a piece of that story and using it as part of our imagery for the message for the day. Uh, in our case for today, taking a fictitious movie and comparing it to a real story that we have for us in Scripture that gives us a great foundation for our faith. So the movie we're going to look at today is called Ready Player One. Ready Player One. If you have not seen this movie before, uh, it's a movie that takes place in the year 2045. So out in the future, uh, at this point in the world, there's this huge energy crisis. Uh, everything is being broken down. People do not love the lives that they have. And people are looking to be able to escape, to be able to, to get to this alternate universe, a different reality. And so this area is created, a, a virtual universe called the Oasis, the Oasis, a place that you can get to and you can do all different things. You can be whoever you want to be and you can escape the world behind you into this brand new place. You know, for us as Christians, I assume you've probably been there before too, a time when you've wanted to be able to escape. Maybe it was just for a, a moment, maybe a time of, of embarrassment in your life, maybe a time of, of hurting or of pain. Maybe it was a time in your life that stretched out over the course of maybe not just a couple hours or a couple of days, but maybe months or even years when you struggled with something. What was the reality that you created for yourself during that time? Where did you go to be able to escape? Because if you're anything like me, I think unfortunately when we create realities for ourselves to be able to, to go away, to be able to escape our life, often we go to places where we, probably, where we probably shouldn't go. We go to a place that may often be sinful is what we turn to. What are those things that we run to? You see in that, that virtual reality world in Ready Player One, you put on these goggles and you put on these gloves and you're able to see something and feel something totally different. And don't we do that with so many of those other aspects in our life? You put on the goggles of, of lust, and we want to be able to see something different. Maybe we put on the, the gloves of, of finance, and we want to be able to seek out something. If we have just enough money or a better job, that this will make us feel better. Maybe it's overconsumption that we dive into. You name it, it's probably different for all of us, but we create that, that fictional world, again, because we want to be able to escape. In that passage that Michelle read for us today from the book of Hebrews, it's written to a church just like ours in which people are thinking, maybe now is the time to be able to escape. Some of the Christians are under persecution. Uh, some are dealing with the same struggles that we deal with today, and they look for an alternate religion, if you will, one that's a, a little bit more watered down, one that's virtually fit for them, that will handle their wants and their desires, and they want to be able to escape that. The problems that they had of that time are the same problems that you and I deal with today. But that's not where God calls us to be. God calls us to go to somewhere completely different, to be able to, to find him, to be able to be sustained by him. And today I want us to walk through that Hebrews passage and kind of figure out exactly what God is calling us to. So today I thought we could use the acronym ONE 
to be able to kind of walk through some really simple foundational points. Last week, Pastor Mark did a fantastic job of using an acronym RACE as we went through the movie Ford versus Ferrari. If you haven't seen that message yet, sign on. It's a great use for our app or for our YouTube channel, and check it out. So today, I was going to use uh, the acronym READY, but I know how much you guys love short sermons, so I went to ONE. One. In reality, I want us to do this today because uh, I really want us to focus on, on just one thing. Just one thing. That's all we have to do. And if you can do this every day, it's a battle we'll face, but if we can do this every day, just focusing on this, this one thing, our lives are, are changed and our relationship with God truly does grow just in a, in a major, major way. The points I have for us today, I don't think they're, they're mind-blowing. I don't think they're monumental in the same way, but I think they're foundational. And I think they really give us a stage every day to be able to be the best possible Christian we can of worshiping, of serving the Lord, but more importantly, of striving to be closer in that relationship with him. So the Lord grows us in our faith. So let's look at that first point. First point, our world is broken. Our world is broken. You don't have to be a Christian to agree with this point. You can be a complete non-believer, and many non-believers would say the same thing. Our world is broken. Gentlemen, let's start with you today. Do you have something in your garage right now, or maybe laying around the house, that is broken? Something that you said you were going to fix a couple days ago, probably a couple months ago, maybe a couple of years ago, and it's still sitting there. It's waiting. Some of you are thinking of this object in your head right now. If you do not have this object in your head, your wife will remind you of what it is in just a minute. (laughs) We're holding on to these broken things that we say we're going to fix, that we say we're going to get to, but we don't. What is that item that you have laying around, gentlemen, in your garage? Ladies, what about you? When you go and you walk into that, that closet today, do you have one outfit or maybe 10 outfits that... You say you're going to wear it some point that you say that you're going to put on. You're saving for a very special occasion, but it hasn't been used in, in two years or three years or five years. But one day, maybe it'll show up. Maybe, maybe it won't. Why do we hold on to things that are, that are broken? Why do we hold on to things that uh, had an original purpose, but they don't serve that purpose anymore? But we don't, we don't move on to the next thing. We get stuck there. Even though we can say and agree with that point that the world is broken, man, you and I love to be able to to hold on to it, to be able to cling to it like it is our our one true hope, to be able to put on those glasses of virtual reality and say, I'm going to go into the world today and I'm going to find what fits me, what's going to strengthen me. Our Lord tells us not to do this. This isn't me beckoning at you today. It's our Lord that tells us over and over again. Look at the scripture passage for today from 1 John. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I think most of us can agree with that, that first sentence, that first point. Uh, don't hold on to the things of this world that are broken. But look at that next piece. When we hold on so tightly to the things of this world, we're not holding on to that one true thing that we should be grasping. We're not holding on to the Lord to be able to provide a reality for us that gives us peace, that gives us hope, 
that gives us comfort, a place where we are able to actually experience his love. And God says, let go of that. The world has troubles. It has problems. God never denies that. All of us face those things. Jesus says that himself when he talks to his disciples and to you and me. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. God has overcome all of these things on our behalf. That we need no longer to try to hold on to any broken things in the world, but we need to be able to hold on to him. Remember that point. Every morning when you wake up, don't go after the things of this world. Our world is broken. Point number two, letter N. No one can save themselves. No one can save themselves. Do you know what this is a picture of? Anybody know? Eiffel Tower. Everybody agree with that? This is not the Eiffel Tower. It looks, it looks like the Eiffel Tower. This is the Eiffel Tower. This is not the Eiffel Tower. About 20 years ago, uh, I got my first assignment ever right out of college to go to a little town called Las Vegas, Nevada and serve at a church there. And this is on the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is at the Paris. It is a replica. It is a copy of the Eiffel Tower. It's about uh, 50% the size. You can go up there. You can have dinner. But this is not the real Eiffel Tower. It looks like that. We get to experience that here in the United States. But the real Eiffel Tower is, is somewhere else a destination that maybe some of us have been to before, maybe a destination some of us haven't gone to yet. Today in our Hebrews passage, there's this interesting correlation of the earthly realm and the heavenly realm that is made, of the high priest that we had that used to make sacrifices on our behalf and the high priest that we have in Jesus. Uh, It's written this way, It says, every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. Everything that we have here on this earth, the worship that we have, uh, that which we look forward to, we haven't come to, to completion yet of being made perfect in our Lord. We serve here on this earth and are able to worship God and are able to be a part of this, but we have not fully seen our Lord in his glory yet at this point. And it's something that as we can leave this broken world behind, we can look forward to that which is yet to come. But today we find ourselves here as Christians living in this world, not wanting just to be able to escape and to be with God, but to be united with him, even in this moment of living in the shadow of heaven. In the Old Testament, that covenant was set up with the people of Israel, God's chosen people, that they should be able to to go forth and follow all the different laws that God had given to them. And by following these laws, they could be bound to God. But just like us, they looked for an alternate reality. They looked through the lenses of things in this world. Even though they saw God performing miracles, they were able to hear the voice of God. They still cast him aside and sought out their, their own gods and their own things. And so the Lord says today, I will give you this one ultimate high priest that will take away all of these things. This is a gift that I am going to be able to provide for you. You don't need to try to find your own peace. You don't need to try to create your own salvation. This is a gift that I want to give to you. Wake up tomorrow, live this afternoon, 
knowing about that gift that God has provided. In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes it this way. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Leave aside that, that alternate reality that doesn't make sense. That reality of sin that we always dive into, and you will dive into it again, and so will I. But put those things off. Start your day with these simple points. Makes it much easier and much simpler when we are connected to God to be able to fall into that false reality. Letter E, eternal salvation is in Christ alone. Again, super easy. It's something that we need to be reminded of every day. To be able to put that old stuff aside and to live this life of peace and comfort in this new covenant that we have in Christ. I assume nobody on the way driving here today, assume most of us were not listening to the radio with a cassette tape in it. Nobody had an 8-track that they were listening to today. I assume when you did your, your taxes a couple of months ago, first of all, I'm assuming you did your taxes, but, or anything on a, a computer, that uh, I assume you're not using floppy disks anymore. I assume uh, later on uh, next week, if you decide to make a phone call, by the way, next Sunday is Father's Day, so don't miss it. Father's Day next Sunday. Uh, if, if you make a phone call and you're going to call your dad, you're going to call your grandpa, I assume most of us aren't going to use a, a rotary phone. Most of us probably don't have that anymore. Why? All these things are, all these things are old. They're all obsolete. They've all been replaced by something that is, is better. We have the same thing. Something in our lives that has been replaced by something better. You see, so many people in the Old Testament had a look forward of this promise of the Messiah that was yet to come. You and I have the privilege of looking back, have this new promise of the Messiah that came for us. This is who is talked about in our Hebrews passage for today. It says, But it, as it is, uh, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. I know that's a, kind of a lot of words in one little sentence there thrown together. But remember that that covenant of old, of following that law, of being able to have that high priest come and commit a sacrifice on behalf of the sins of the people, it, it's gone. It's pushed away. Because Christ comes for us and he abolishes all of that. We hear that so often that sometimes I think it becomes uh, soft in our lives. You forget the, the impact that that makes on our world. That God sends his one and only son for us to be able to have a very different reality. It's actually the reality that he intended for you. Whatever you and your family members and your friends in our world are struggling with today, the things that are, that are broken, that was not our loving God's intention for you. It never has been, and it never will be. His intention was that you would be bound together with him in this loving relationship forever. And God makes that happen through this new covenant, through Christ. One more verse from the book of Acts. It says, and there is salvation in no one else. 
For there is no other name under heaven which is given among men by which we must be saved. That's his name. It's a name that should be on your lips. A name that should should live in your, your heart. A name that you should always have with you. One that you need to go to when we're in those trials, when we're facing those troubles. One that we need to remember and not put on the back burner when we're celebrating and things are going really well in our life. It's a name and not a virtual reality, but an actual reality that is, that is right there in your hands. A gift that God has given to you of his one and only son. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you today and we know that we have confessed our sin unto you and that you have made us clean. And so, Lord, uh, allow us to live these lives that are founded upon you and upon your Son in every aspect and every piece and everything that we do. For all of those of us that are here today, uh, Lord, that that are struggling with different sins in our lives or different things that we're facing, I, I specifically pray now that you will be upon each and every one of us to comfort our hearts, to give us direction, and to take us from point A to point B, to move us forward in that new covenant that we have in your Son. Lord, we thank you for that gift, and we ask that we will be able to honor it in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.